Hey, what's going on, good people? Travel C.W. Lynch, Mr. What What, your self-worth specialist, and Happy New Year's, man. I hope and pray that wherever you guys are, whatever time you're uh, tuning in, man, wherever you are as you're tuning in, I hope and pray that this new year has gotten off to a great start for you. And if it's not gotten off to a great start, well, listen, I hope and pray, and I'm here to inspire and to inform you of some things that I believe will help to make it not only uh, a happy year, but truly a new year. Today, I want to talk about um, the newness, right? Not only of our year, but the newness that is available to us at any point in time in our lives. I've been doing a lot of uh, development within myself, a lot of growth within myself, a lot of inner work over the last uh, quarter of 2023. And so as I come into 2024, man, I am so full and so ready to impart, to share, to give, to inspire, to inform of some of these things that I've learned and I have began to implement in my own life. And I've seen some great results. And I believe that if you would put these things to work in your life, you're going to see some great results as well. So today I want to talk about, and this is something that I've talked about in the past, but I want to kind of rehash it, unpack it again in the context of having a happy and a new year. A couple of days ago, right? Uh, December 31st, 2023, as the new year hit, so many people said the words, Happy New Year. So many people expressed Happy New Year as the ball dropped in New York. People shared uh, champagne and, and they did cheers and they, you know, some took a shot and, you know, some were at the club, some was at, at home like me. Um, but wherever they were, the expression, Happy New Year. Well, is it happy and is it truly new? And that's what I want to talk about today, because many times the date on the calendar has changed, but the dilemma in our lives remains the same. The year has changed, but nothing truly has changed about us. And most importantly, nothing has truly changed for us. And so I want to help with that. I want to share some things with you that I believe is going to help you to have that happy and that new year. So I've said that enough times. Let's dive into this. Newsflash. Did you know that you are a philosopher? Did you know that you are a philosopher? And you may be thinking to yourself, well, number one, I didn't know that I was a philosopher. And number two, what does it have to do with having a happy and, and a new year? Well, let me let me break this down. Number one, everyone is a philosopher, because if you look at the definition of philosophy, it just simply means the lover of words or the love of words. And so every person is a philosopher because over the lifespan, over the time that you've been alive, you have picked up words, learned words, developed words in the form of stories that you tell yourself, narratives that you've written, and you have fell in love with these words. You fell in love with these narratives, these stories, these attachments 
that you have about yourself, about life, about other people. <laughs> My little cat in the back, if you're watching this and not listening, uh, he's making a cameo. Uh, actually, that's my daughter's uh, cat. Uh, so he's making his cameo appearance here. So if you're watching on uh, YouTube, you can you can see my cat in the back. So he's just photo bombing or let me say video bombing uh, <laughs> as I'm recording this. So um, but anyway, let me get back to the program. So you are a philosopher because you are in love with words, whether these are words and stories and narratives that you've developed or they are ones that you've adopted over your time um, of, of, of living, right? So let me just give you an example. Uh, let's say someone said, hey, man, let's go, let's go rock climbing, right? They, they want to go and they want to, you know, out here in Southern California, we got some mountains. And they say, hey, man, let's, let's, go, let's go rock climbing. Let's go mountain climbing. And let's say maybe, I don't know, at the age of 10, you were climbing a, a high flight of stairs, let's just say. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just throwing something out there as an example. Uh, at the age of 10, you were climbing some stairs and it was really, really high. And let's say you tripped and you fell. And at that moment, you said to yourself, I'm afraid of heights. I'll never climb high again. I'll never, you know, put myself in a position where I, you know, go high, um, you know, like, climbing a ladder or, you know, something like that, right? You say, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, go higher than a certain height because I'm, uh, that's not safe. I'm not adventurous. That's not what I do. I like to keep my feet on the ground, right? So that's the story that you tell yourself. That's the narrative. That's the attachment that you have. That's an idea of who you are. You've now, uh, you know, solidified that within yourself. And now that's, that's how you live your life. So any opportunity to go on um, mountain climbing or, you know, if you need to climb a ladder or if you need to stay in a high rise building, that narrative comes up for you and you somehow, some way refuse to go to a certain height. Well, if you continue to carry that narrative, it's going to prevent you from experiencing certain things in your life. Maybe there's an amazing experience awaiting you uh, at the top floor of a really tall building. But, hey, you don't you don't go up high. Maybe skydiving or flying in an airplane to a luxurious uh, vacation resort would just uh, be an amazing experience. But, hey, you, you don't fly because you don't go up high. You, you get where I'm going with this? You name it, you frame it, you put it into your context. I was just giving you an off-the-cuff example, but you know what it is for you. There are things that you've said about yourself. There's an idea that you have of yourself. There are stories that you are telling yourself about you based upon things in your past, and they're preventing you from experiencing the newness of the now. We're in 2024, but some of us... Some of us are living in 1995 because that's when that thing happened or that person said that thing or you experienced that thing that you're now bringing from 1995 into 2024. And if you don't acknowledge it, if you don't deal with it, if you don't address it, then 2025, 2026, 2027, it's going to be the exact same way. You are a philosopher we have a love 
of words that have made up sentences, that have made up paragraphs, that have made up stories and narratives that we tell ourselves about ourselves and about life and about other people and about our family and about our coworkers. We all do this. We're all, in a sense, guilty of it. Not guilty in a bad way, just guilty as in it's true for all of us. We've all got these stories. We've all got these narratives. And so we can say when the ball drops, Happy New Year's. But it's going to be the same old year because you have the same old philosophy. So that's why it's important to understand that you are a philosopher. So the better you understand, hey, I'm a philosopher. I fall in love with certain words. And currently today, I'm in love with a certain set of words. And so if you truly want to have a happy and a new year, then your philosophy is going to have to align with happiness and newness in this new year. So let me break down for you how this all plays out. How do you know that you're in love with words, narratives, stories, or a better question? How do you know which ones you're in love with? Well, let me give you my three piece system to identifying the philosophy, the words, the narrative, the stories that you're in love with. See, the first thing that we must establish whenever we want to change, improve, level up is awareness. You have to become aware of where you are, what you think, what's going on before you can take advantage of that information to make the proper calibrations and adjustments and changes to get into the position, to get into the philosophy, to get into the perspective that aligns with the kind of life that you choose and desire to create. So number one, how do you know what you love? You protect it. That's my first P. Anything that you love, you protect. I have a wife that I love. I protect her. I have four beautiful children. I love them. I protect them. Anything that you love, you will protect and you will defend with your very life. Has anyone ever asked you a question and uh, you you gave them an answer and, and they kind of challenged it and then you went on the defensive? You're defending that idea, that concept, that story, that narrative. You're defending it because for you, you're in love with it. It's what you've learned. It's what you've adopted. And for you, it's true. It's reality for you. It may not be reality for me. It may not be reality for other people. Remember, one earth, infinite worlds. Our world is within us. It is the internal, right? The internal that really determines the reality and what we live. It's how we think. It's how we process. It's the philosophies and the perspectives that we hold on a personal level. I just recently learned this phrase, the personal mind. We have these personal preferences based upon the experiences that we've had and that we've not addressed and adjusted and calibrated. So we just allow them to remain and to fester. We've fed them and we've reinforced them over time. And so now we call them reality. It may not be reality. It may not be true at all. It may not be true at all. But it is true for you. So that's the first P. You protect it. So what are you protecting? What story about you are you protecting? What story about you that ain't even benefiting you anymore? It is not even working for you anymore. It doesn't bring any value to your life anymore. But sure enough, if 
put in the right position, if put into the right conversation, you just continue to protect it and defend it. What is that? What is that story for you? Right. Number two, my second P, you're going to ponder it. What you love, you ponder, you think about it. I'll just keep giving my examples of my wife and my children, right? Just to keep this flow going. I often text my wife when she's at work, honey, just thinking about you. Love you. Hope you're having an amazing day. How's your day going? Because she's on my mind. I'm thinking about her because I love her. What you love, you ponder, you think about, you reflect on, you imagine, you fantasize about, you play it over and over in your mind. Just like uh, beautiful memories that you have with a loved one. Maybe you have one, um, a loved one that's maybe passed away and you just keep replaying those moments where you really enjoy that person's company. Well, it's because you love them. So you ponder them, you ponder it. So that's another clue. That's my second P. You know what you love. You know the philosophy, the narratives, the stories that you love, even if they're not benefiting you. It doesn't have to benefit you. It's a fascinating thing. I'll save that that story for another video for another another uh, time. But it doesn't have to benefit you. It doesn't have to be positive. You can protect things that don't really, you know, benefit you. You can defend them and you can ponder things that ain't positive and that really ain't benefiting you. It, it doesn't have to be positive. OK, um, so don't don't carry that idea. Right. It can be negative as well. So what are you protecting at all cost and what are you pondering? My third P and my final P, my three P system to identifying your philosophy, what you love, the stories, the narratives, the perspectives, the ideas that you hold about you, about God, about others, about people. Right. I want you to take some time and think through these things. But here's my third P. You promote it. What you love, you promote. If you love something, you promote it. Right. I tell whenever I preach, I tell folks about my wife. Been married 23 years, an amazing woman. She's the she's the rose that I discovered amongst the thorns of life. She's my living grace. This amazing woman that continues to bless my life and and bless my children and my family and my home. I just I brag on her. I go on and on and on. I'm promoting her. I promote my children. Right. My family and I were going to be heading off to Chicago in a couple of days and we're going to be celebrating my youngest son graduating from the Navy. And we're just so proud of him. But I go down the line and I and I and I brag on all of my children. I was just in a conversation at church the other day and they were asking, hey, man, how's the family? How things going? And I just begin to tell them how, oh, my oldest son is doing this and how my daughter is doing this and how my next oldest son is doing this. And, and my youngest son, he's about to graduate, you know, from the Navy and just on and on and on. Right. Whatever you love, you promote. That's right. You promote it. You tell the world about it. So think about that narrative, that story. Mm -hmm. That philosophy. Every chance you get. You scream it from the mountaintops, don't you? You tell everybody that'll listen, this is how it is. I can't do that because I'm not that person. My life is like this because of what they did. I can't get a leg up in life because of this and that. Every chance you get, you tell. You tell your friends, you tell your, your neighbors, you tell your coworkers, you tell your pastor, you tell your spouse, you tell your kids. 
Sometimes it comes off as fussing and cussing. Sometimes it comes off as venting. But nevertheless, if you want to know your philosophy, if you want to know what you're holding on to, the narrative, those stories that you're telling yourself, and then you're living out of those stories and those narratives and those attachments. And again, it's reality for you. I don't have to live your limitations. You don't have to live mine. They're in your world, the world within you, and you're the only one that has to live it. You're the only one that has to endure it. You're the only one that's endorsing it. It's yours, not mine, not hers, not his, not theirs, just you, just yours. But that's the good news. Because it's yours, because you own it, you can take responsibility for changing it. Anything you own, you can change. If you're renting a home, there are certain things you can't do because that's not your home. Your name is not on the deed. But if you buy it, if it's yours, if you're the homeowner, no one can tell you what to do with your home. If you own a thing, you can change a thing. And so I, I want to give you my CTA, okay, my call to action. If you're really ready to have a happy new year and you find yourself in this 2024, but living the 1990, 1980, 1970, right? You get what I'm saying? It's 2024, but you know you're still living in the past and you cannot enjoy and experience the newness and the happiness that is right before you that God has made possible for you. You're continuing to block your blessing. You're continuing to prevent your own progress because you're stuck in the past. It's a new year for everyone else, but not for you. For you, it might as well be the same old year, not a happy new year, but the same old year because it's the same old philosophy, the same old words, stories, narratives, attachments, the same old conversation within you, and you've not been able to get over it. Well, here's my CTA. If you're ready to begin to have this happy in this new year, if you're ready to really step into something new, then it's going to come down to the way that you think, the way that you see things, the way that you feel about things. And one thing that I've done on a very basic level, I'm going to give you my three steps that I do each and every day, very, very basic steps. I'm going to break down some more things later on. But for today, just some very simple steps that you can begin to implement right now, right where you are. And it's all about awareness. It's, it's all about intention of newness, right? It's called consciously cultivating your consciousness, consciously cultivating your consciousness. You're living out of your consciousness. You're living out of your hypersensitive uh, sensitivity and consciousness to those narratives and those stories. Well, since you're going to do that anyway, then you might as well change the narrative, change the story so that you can live out of a new consciousness, okay? And so one of the ways that I do this in my life is I intentionally, I consciously cultivate my consciousness by bringing myself into an awareness of new things. 
Some people call it a worldview. Some people call it, you know, perspective priming. But let me just break it down to you just in some very basic, simple terms. Number one, I read every day. I read a little, I read a lot, doesn't matter. But I expose myself to some new thoughts. I read quotes from different, um, you know, points of view, different cultures, different religions, different philosophers. Uh, I read books that are not common to to me and to this American uh, sort of culture. I um, I just take in information that is for the purpose of expanding my thoughts, expanding my worldview, expanding the way I see things, the way I see myself, the way I see other people, the way I see God. I'm doing it on purpose because I understand that the more I learn, my brain, my mind, it's expanding. It's making new uh, connections, right? They call them, I think it's uh, neurological pathways, these, these new openings in the brain. So your mind is literally expanding. It's not being shrunken. It's not being stagnant. It's not being, you know, closed off and locked down by the old and by the past, but it's continuing to expand and grow and evolve and develop because I'm consciously saying, I want to learn more. I want to think better. I want to improve the way I see myself. I want to improve the way I feel about myself and the way I feel about others and the way I feel about God and the way I feel about life. See, one thing that I've learned is that limitations are learned. Limitations are learned. And anything that can be learned can be unlearned. And if I can learn the negative, then I can learn the positive. If I can learn limitations, I can learn liberation. It's all a matter of learning. So number one, I read. And I would just, I would, I would make it a, a goal this year just to read more. Read out the box, right? Don't just read any old thing, obviously, right? But you got Google, man. We always laugh about Googling it. Just Google it. Top books on self-help. Top books on improving the way I think. Top books on um, feeling better and thinking better about myself. Try it. You'll be surprised. Just start with one, right? And just open yourself up to learning something new and to learning something different, okay? Number two, I meditate every day. And I won't go down this path and break it down and, and, and get, get all into the details, into the crevices of it. But meditation, man, is simply a gift, a gift to yourself, right? Stillness, solitude, silence, giving your mind a break from all the noise, all the clutter, all the chatter, all the stress, all the burden, all the to-do lists, all the, the errands that you have to run all of people's opinions and you know i mean my god everybody's a preacher nowadays everybody's got an opinion about something nowadays everyone's got the formula the 10 steps everyone's got the answer it can be overwhelming it can be stressful right and so i just take time each day to just pull away 
and do nothing but breathe. I mean, there's millions of ways to meditate, but I just want to share with you the most fundamental one is just breathing, focusing on your breath, taking five minutes a day, sitting somewhere, cutting off all the noise and just literally breathing in and then breathing out. Deep breaths. Relaxing, relaxing the shoulders, relaxing the mind, relaxing the body, relaxing the soul, giving yourself a rest each day, if for nothing more than five minutes and listening to the voice within you, that authentic voice, that vocational voice, that God breathed voice that knows you, that is you the genuine you, the real you, giving that voice time to, to, to be heard and to emerge, giving that voice some attention with intention, right? Giving that voice attention with intention and letting you have some say, not just what others have to say about you or the advice that they have to give you, but you giving yourself a platform to be heard that genuine inner voice that wants to lead you and prompt you into the life that you were created to live. How often have you silenced all the stuff around you so that you can actually hear what's real for you? And then number three, each and every day, I take time to imagine. I take time to allow my senses to look at life and all the possibilities within it. I like to go for walks. I like to look outside. I like to just stand outside sometimes and just look up at the sky. I didn't create that. I didn't make that up. I don't control it. Even as I'm recording this right now, it's raining outside. When's the last time you've just imagined what's possible for your life, knowing that there is a God, an energy, a spirit, a beauty, a perfection at work within you that created what you can behold and know that you had nothing to do with. That gives me so much confidence. It inspires me so much when I can look at a sky that in one moment can be bright and blue and sunny and calm. And within a few hours, it can be gray and full of clouds and it can begin to drop water onto the earth. How powerful, how amazing, how beautiful, how majestic, how awesome is that reality? Like, have you ever stood and just said, wow, I'm in awe of creation. And that's just one example. See, we've been... And I'm, I'm guilty of it too. We've been so commercialized 
we've been so contaminated. We've been so, we've been so uh, consumed with what man can do and manipulate and create. And none of those things are bad in and of themselves. What I'm saying is, is that for me, the happiness and the newness that I experience daily, I don't have to wait for December 31st, midnight, January 1st. I don't have to wait for New Year's to experience happiness and newness. I experience it every single day of my life. And I want for you to experience it if you desire. You don't have to wait. Why wait? The now is here. The beauty is here. God is here. Creation is here. Why wait when it's now? It's available. It's present. And so I just imagine, man, what's possible for me being linked up with a God that has no limitations, an ocean miles deep, full of all kinds of creatures that I didn't create, I didn't think of, I didn't put them there. It didn't come, I, I didn't do it. But look at what's possible with God. I imagine. I sit back and say, wow, look at what he can do with my life. Knowing what he could do with creation. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly far more than we could ever think. But it's fun to try to think of what he can do. So I imagine, I dream, I vision, I envision each and every day the good that can be done with my life. The good that could emanate from my life. The good that I'm able to embody. The good that I'm able to express. I imagine that. And I imagine the contribution that I can make. I, I imagine the change that I can create. I imagine how people can benefit from my existence. If I allow God to do what he wants to do with me. And with those three things, I do a couple more, but I mean, you know, I don't want to overwhelm you. But with those three basic things, new information, quality information that align with the life that I desire in the form of reading, then meditating, quiet, still, silent, solitude, and then imagining, welcoming in the possibilities. Hmm, I'm excited just thinking about it. So if you really want a happy and you really want a new year, it starts by cultivating happiness within and a newness within so that nothing on the outside, your conditions, your situations, 
what people do or don't do, say or don't say, give or don't give. None of these external things uh, can you know, no longer, you don't give them permission any longer to dictate and to determine for you what's happiness and what's new. I hope and pray that this has made sense for you. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there because I can continue to create more. So why, why make this any longer than it needs to be? I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm believing in you. Until next time, this is Travel C.W. Lynch, Mr. What What. I am your self-worth specialist, and I just want to encourage you to continue to unlearn your limitations. Unlearn the limits and unleash your life. Be your possible. Now, because it is possible. Much love.